welcome back, everybody, to the Marine Corps Movie Minute, where we discuss the movie Heartbreak Ridge, one minute at a time. Uh, I am your co-host, Brian Lockhart, and with me is my other co-host. Yeah, I am Jack Perry. Well, welcome back, Jack. And today we're talking about Minute 3 of Heartbreak Ridge, where the minute begins with the credit for Ramon Franco still up on the screen, while some soldiers are charging up a hill, and it ends with some wounded being carried on stretchers. Once again, we're back in uh, Korea during the Korean conflict. We got some more footage, and, you know, it's just life as a soldier. And, and honestly, so as the, the minute it goes on, the Don Gibson Sea of Heartbreak kind of kicks in and really pro- predominantly plays over the footage of the Korean War, which, as a kid, I was not a country fan. I'm a country fan now, for sure. This song really kind of grew on me, and I really grew to like it. And, of course, it's because of this movie. And I'm still not a country fan. Ah. <laughs> well, you know, nobody's perfect. Yeah. But, you know, like, I, it's funny because as I'm watching it, you know, the, the it's just soldiers kind of, you're starting to see more of why, I guess you would call it Heartbreak Ridge, you know, like why, like these soldiers look, they look tired. They yeah. look famished. They're sitting there stirring their soup or, you know, with a, with a bayonet. You know, yeah. you're showing you know, dead bodies, guy, you know, people dead in Jeeps, guys wounded walking around, guys on stretchers. He's um, running right past the guy with the camera, by the way. Yeah. yeah right. Well, they probably <laughs> told like, me. You have a <laughs> back then, they're probably like, oh, no, we need you to walk back, you know, walk differently. Do it again. <laughs> you know, guys, guys humping, guys marching, you know, they, they look they look like they've been through hell. That song playing over it just kind of makes sense. It's it's. It's like a music video um, for a sad country song, which is, is actually a very catchy tune. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like fun by, by any means. In fact, you know, seeing the stretchers and seeing the wounded, it, it does remind me of MASH with, without any of the jokes. Yeah. Well, it's all black and white. The, so, you know, MASH had the benefit of being in color. So there's that. <laughs> it had Alan Alda. So, yeah, you know, I don't know what that means, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't see you be a villain in like one thing. I don't even remember what that one thing was. Probably Canadian bacon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I won't be discussing that movie anytime soon. So, you know, I don't really have much to say about the song other than, I, you know, I like it. And it's, you know, it's I'm sure it's actually been re- redone a few times. But I believe Don Gibson did this one. You were mentioning offline that, you know, you, you kind of thought that as the footage went on that it, it it seemed like it could have been from even Vietnam. Yeah. So as we, you know, as we were watching the, in the footage and we have the guy, the wounded guy going down the hill and the music kind of changes. I thought they were shifting from a more militaristic, you know, the Korean conflict and whatever. And they were shifting to what you would expect from any like Vietnam era movie where you get like credence going on, but this was not doing that. It was just doing something different tying into the name of the film, you know, Sea of Heartbreak or what have you. And you see the, you know, all the other stuff that's going on. It, it seems a little bit more, um, it seems a little bit more Vietnamish with less jungle, but more open area. I guess there's some debate as to whether or not that's the case, but just the, just the tempo of the, the, the music to me, it just seems like it just shifted from one era. So I guess looking back now, and you look at all the the, the way the movie started, right? You've got the the militaristic drum beats, Korean War footage, the tank coming through, 
and then you've got the the fade into the what I suspect may be Vietnam with the change of the music. It's the change of the era. And as the movie goes on, which I'm pretty sure if you're watching this podcast, you probably have seen the movie. And if you haven't, do yourself a favor and find it. But you, you throw it on there and you see that the, the way the movie fades from one era to another, and then it goes from black and white to color, right? So see the yeah, it does eventually. Not so, this minute, yeah. but it does. You know, it will go into color eventually. That you're right. Yeah. So to me, it just says that he's just going through. You know, potentially you're seeing a lot of the war through Tom Highway's eyes. You know, like he's yeah. the guy in the camera and he's watching these events transpire. If that's the case, but I don't even know what footage we're seeing now is actually uh, Vietnam or if it is still Korea. It's interesting. Yeah, if I had guessed, I can really say that pinpoints it. It doesn't look overly jungled. I just see more trees and hills, and there's things that we would typically typically see in a uh, in a in a Vietnam era movie. You know, GIs moving through a village, people looking at them. You know, GIs looking through trees. You know, just those those kind of normal things that you would expect to see in a in a in a Vietnam era movie. And just with the movie, go, or the, the I'm sorry, the um, the music, the change in the music just kind of seems like it's just kind of following his experiences without being obvious about it. Yeah, well, it's funny because if only we could have, you know, I was joking earlier about not being able to do research on this, you know, footage. But you know, it's too it's unfortunate that I really couldn't find anything about it because that would be it would be interesting uh, to know, you know, for sure. I mean, for me. I would say this is all Korea, but you know I can see where you're going with this because because Tom Highway, you know Gunny Highway, he was in Korea, he was in Vietnam. They talk about this in the movie, and and as his wife said, he volunteered for every goddamn war that that happened in between that, you know. So you know, so it, that could make sense. And I also see what you mean by with the tonal shift of the of the the drum beat, the marching drum beat now goes into a actual song. And we see that all the time with Vietnam movies. I think the one giveaway that this is probably not Vietnam yeah. is the fact that they didn't use CCR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Quag I think Quagmire said it best where he's like, You you haven't heard the songs that I've heard, man, when, when he was over in Vietnam, he said he's like they incessantly played Fortunate Son on everything they did. So yeah. um that that would be the I me mean, that's the biggest giveaway. There's no CCR. It's got to be Korea. But I see what you're saying, like Wolverine Origins. The best part of that movie is the opening credits where they go, they show him and Sabretooth going through all the wars. Yeah. And you can see how Tom Highway was basically <laughs> yeah. going through all the wars. So, so, you know, wouldn't that be awesome if you saw Clint Eastwood with Hugh Jackman and Fighting oh, through World War II, World War I, <laughs> the American Revolution? <laughs> Finally. Found out Tom Highway is now a mutant. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing too is you know you see Wolverine getting all like he's he's losing uh, you know he's, he's he's losing the 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 will to fight. He doesn't like all the killing and Sabretooth's getting off on it. And him and uh and, and there's Tom Highway right next to him also getting off on it, killing yeah. everything. And <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that movie actually. But and also there's a few 
there's like it, you know it keeps cycling through. There are a few shots that remind you of footage you would have seen either in a Vietnam movie or footage from Vietnam. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, like I said, I, I think we'll never know. There's just no way to know. <laughs> yeah, too. When you look like historically with how things were presented, Vietnam got a lot of. It was never technically a war, right? So it got a lot of got a lot of press from just people being like, "Yeah, no, I'm burning my draft card. I'm no, I'm doing this, or no, I'm doing that." So when you think too that, uh, well, if you want to get technical, we haven't had an actual official war since World War II. But I, nobody would argue that these aren't full-on wars. I right. mean, we we even what do you know? We, the war on terror, Desert Storm. I guess you know. Well, they they call it Desert Storm. You know, Desert Shield, Desert Storm. But then they you know they now it's referred to as you know the first Iraq War. But even the the second Iraq War, the war in Afghanistan. You know, obviously the Vietnam War. They call it the Vietnam War, even though war was never declared. They call it the Korean War, but a lot of times it's called the Korean conflict, you know, because that, again, wasn't a war. That was that was actually you know, the interesting thing about Korea was that was actually a U.N. Yeah. Although, let's be honest, it was led mostly by the U.S. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, and the only reason the U.N. even kind of went along with it is because I, I believe the Soviet Union was boycotting the U.N. at the time. So they weren't there to stop the U.N. from committing troops and, and trying to intervene in Korea. Right. Which, again, was all part of the whole issues with the Cold War and stop, you know, wanting to be tough on communism. Proxy you know, war. Right. And the fallout from well, the way Korea was divided at the end of World War II. And really, the reason this is a kind of a forgotten war is is because I, I people had just come out of a world war and they were just sick of it. Yeah. I don't think it had the, they didn't have the public support. There wasn't a lot of, I mean, obviously people, you know, I, again, I'm not, I'm not an expert, but I, I believe the idea was you got to be tough on communism. You got to stop the spread of it wherever it goes. You know, as soon as it spreads, it, it's going to keep spreading more and more. So you got to stop it before it gets there. And people just didn't want to deal with that at the time. Um, which again, you know, carried over into Vietnam. The same same idea. You know? Yeah, and I think too, Amer- uh, you know, the Americans, the, there's a lot of people, man. We see ourselves in a different light. We engage ourselves play, probably in places that we probably shouldn't be, but we do it because we feel that's the right thing to do as a culture, right? Now, the legitimate reasons may not be those specific reasons, but the actual reasons why the people that get involved you know, like Bosnia and Herzegovina, or was it was the stuff that happened when we were in, right? Bosnia. Yeah. We we wanted to get involved because you know innocent people were getting hurt. We see our we see ourselves as the good guys. Well, after World War II, I think the United States really started seeing itself as a world power and decided to jump in there and fight communism. And we got ourselves involved in every problem that popped up. So all these proxy wars. Only people that were fighting that proxy war was the United States. We jumped in there and we fought our side of that in that proxy war. And then the, you know, the communists fought their side. And, you know, we got Korea and China. You had the, the communists in, in Vietnam. You had all those things that we engaged ourselves in. Cuba fighting communism, no matter where it popped up, we stuck ourselves in there to fight it. And even even this movie will show you with Grenada. That was another. There was a couple different reasons why the Marines go into Grenada, and that happened in the early '80s. And and 
again, you know, they point out in this movie there was communists there, and that you know it was an attempt to once again thwart them. It also, you know, kind of looking at the timing, Grenada Cold happened. True, Cold War movie, Cold War mentality uh, in stopping communism. When I was looking back at this, I, I didn't realize the timing of the launch into Grenada was right after the um, Beirut uh, barracks bombing. Yep. Uh, Marine, you know, Marine Corps were what, 200 and some odd Marines died while they were sleeping. 283, I think. And, you know, that was devastating. We had, to, we had to leave there, you know, shortly after troops were committed to Grenada. Again, probably the right thing to do at the time. But you also have to look at the, you know, we, we talk about the communism aspect, stopping the spread of it. But at the same time, it's also probably America could have used the win right about then, you know? Yeah. Something real bad just happened. And it's kind of like, all right, let's get back on the horse and let, let's, we need a win. We, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, get and somebody's ass, anybody. Yeah, kind of. So, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure that was a thought behind it. Again, I'm not a policy expert, nor am I an expert on pretty much anything. But, <laughs> you know, here I'm looking at this minute three of, uh, of a movie, a footage we know nothing about. And somehow we we talk 20 minutes about it. <laughs> hey, man, that, that's the point, right? You tear, right? tear this onion apart. Now, if I could finish one other thought. You know, to circle back, they were showing all the, you know, just how the soldiers look injured. You know, there's a lot of a lot of injured guys. It does remind me of MASH. You know, obviously MASH was set during the Korean War. It was a very popular TV show. The movie was fine. I liked the movie. In fact, I'm pretty sure somebody did a, a MASH movie minute. I'm pretty sure it's out there, so everybody go take a listen to that. I liked the TV show, but it was one of those things where my parents liked the TV show. It's either like it or sit there and suffer in silence. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember watching MASH with my mom. She would, she was like, hey, you want to watch MASH? And I was grounded a lot as a child because I was I was a poor child. I was grounded a lot. So, yeah, I've had an opportunity to watch anything. And I would watch MASH. And MASH, it had charm to it. As you watch it, you realize, you know, the context. It's the war TV show. And there was some really dark things that happened where they had, like, you know, North Korean soldiers that would show up and, they would have to try and save them, and there was, it was pretty dark sometimes, but it was also very entertaining. It was a good show, and it lasted forever. Yeah, I forget how long, but it was like ten years or, or more. It was based off of a movie, it's football game, and all that stuff. It was like, oh, it was great. <laughs> right. And well, what was funny about that too is, um, so the war only lasted three years. The TV show lasted like what ten? Yeah, <laughs> it was all years, like, almost longer than that. And then, and then they did it after Mash. And now it's funny because I was looking at one of the episodes, not actually watching, it was reading a little bit about it, and I re- I specifically remember this episode where they literally did a full year of the war in one episode. So <laughs> yeah, you know, so one episode covered a whole year. <laughs> so I don't know the timeline on that show is way off. <laughs> Yeah, but George uh, Takai was on one of the episodes, wasn't he? Yeah, and I think so was the guy that did G.I. Joe. He did all the comic books for, for G.I. Joe, did all the character profiles. Oh, man. You know what? I'm going to look it up real quick because it's driving me nuts. And I met yeah. him. Yeah, the thing, too, for the people listening to the co- the podcast is, like, if you've never really watched MASH, like, if you're younger, if you're if you're one of the younger folks and you're, and you're getting engaged and, like, newer things, Go back and, and check out MASH. Start watching MASH. As far as shows to stream and you want to watch those things, it's it's an incredible show. It, it, it'll teach you a lot, but it's it's very irreverent. 
the movie itself had uh, Donald Sutherland. Who else was in that movie? There was a lot of people in that damn movie. Sorry, real quick. Larry Hammer. That's who I'm thinking of. And I should have known that. What What the hell is his name? Great. Now I'm totally blank on it. Everyone. Was he in MASH the movie? Yes, he was. And so was um, Robert Duvall. He was Frank Yeah. Down. There was a lot and, of people in the MASH movie. It came out way before the TV series came out. Yeah. And um, what's, what's her name's in it? Uh, the teacher from Back to School. Yeah. Oh, see. see? She was hey, Hot Lips Hulahan. Folks, y'all are going to wrap this stuff around back to back to school? Guess what? You've got another, you got another uh, uh, homework project. <laughs> but I never, I never knew uh, watching the show, because, you know, again, I was a kid. I would watch the show that, you know, Hot Lips Houlihan. I didn't know. I just thought it was because they thought she was hot. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. That was a line from the movie, you know, oh, kiss my hot lips or whatever she was saying. <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, I saw that when I was older, and I'm like, hey, that's the teacher from back to school. Yeah, it was supposed to be the same characters, yeah. And then yeah. they also had a spinoff from, uh, from MASH. They ended up being one of the uh, characters going back to the United States and becoming a real proper doctor. Yeah, after – oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, It was uh, – Was it Hawkeye? It was uh, Trevor John. Trevor John, MD. That's right. Yeah. And it was a totally different, yeah, yeah. Totally different actor, but it was Trevor John. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, but it was also it was the way the movie was portrayed was uh it was very irreverent. Yeah, you know it was funny. Uh, sorry, speaking of Mash, I, I kept co- I kept coming across some stuff about Colonel Potter and Heartbreak Ridge, and saying, "Oh, Heartbreak Ridge," you know, was jeez, oh, I think it was in 1952, and uh, it, was, it was like a month long battle, and they were like Potter didn't show up till after that, or maybe it was 51 actually, and and, and it, but Potter didn't show up till 52, and. It was just funny because they're like, you know, I, I, so I, in my mind, based on what I read, Colonel Potter fought with Gunny Highway on Heartbreak Ridge. You know, he, he probably patched up all the wounded, you know. <laughs> that is awesome. If we could make a way to tie these universes together. <laughs> I think you know, we've already tied a few things together with Wolverine and Gunny Highway. Now Colonel Potter's with them. I'm pretty sure we're going to have an Avenger-style army when we're all said and done. Oh, dude, that would be the raddest. We we'll figure out how to. Yes, yes. Uh we're gonna write our own movie, Heartbreak Ridge Two: The Revenge. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> you know, Clint Eastwood could probably still play Tom Highway. He practically did in um. Uh, what's the one where he's the old man and he's the Korean War? He's Grand <laughs> Reno. That movie no, is incredible. I... It's a really. I don't know why I didn't spit that out as, as one of my uh, in episode two, by the way. Go back and listen if you oh, haven't. Our, yeah, I forgot about it, too, but that's an awesome movie as well. I forget about it, but it was one of those, it was, just a, it was just a good movie, but it wasn't one of those that you like immediately think of an incredibly good, favorite Clint Eastwood movie. Boom, go for it. Surprised you didn't say Bronco Billy. I don't think I've ever seen Bronco Billy. You're not missing anything, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks. But I, I do own it, so, you know. We can do, <laughs> you know what? I'm not surprised. Hey, <laughs> uh, Walmart for like $4, you can get all the DVD, cleanings with DVDs you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they, well, they're selling you a, a, a clamp case of DVD movies. You buy all you want for $5 in the little bin in the middle of the aisle. Basically, and they got, you know, Gronkle Billy in there. There you go. <laughs> all right, well, I think we've talked about all we can about this minute of footage we know nothing about. So 
I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up and we'll end minute three and, and we'll come back tomorrow or the next time and uh, we'll do minute four and, and see where we go from there. Right All right, Jack, I appreciate you joining me yet again to discuss one of my favorite movies. Uh, I think we've we've talked about all we can. I hope you come back tomorrow and join me. Uh, brother, I'm here with you all the time. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we will talk to everybody uh, next time on Minute 4.